seriously popular. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I'm the Member of Parliament and author Chris Bryant. And in this new series, I'm delving into history, crime and injustice and bringing you stories which should never have happened. This is Lost Voices. At the end of episode one... We saw James, John and William being arrested by the police officer, Robert Valentine, and being escorted to Union Hall Police Office, where they were to face the magistrates for the first time. I'm standing outside the Central Criminal Court at the Old Bailey at the moment, and... It's not exactly the same as it was in 1835, but this is where James and John were brought for their trial and then for their execution. And what is fascinating, when you look at the building, there's, there's this great big Edwardian building built in 1904. And right at the top of it, you may have seen before, there's this gold statue of um, justice. And in one arm, she's holding the sword of justice. And in the other, the balancing weights because those who were sent for trial were meant to be held in the balance but it was meant to be even 
It was meant to be fair, and of course justice is blind. That's the other thing, completely impartial. And if you look at the words written above this building, it says, defend the children of the poor and punish the wrongdoer. Well, one of the things we're going to find out in this story is that the poor didn't get the same deal as the rich. If you were wealthy, if you were aristocratic, if you had big, important, famous, high society friends, you could get away with things that servants and poor people couldn't. So in this road, known as the Old Bailey, you've got the uh, Central Criminal Court, which was established as the Central Criminal Court in 1834, the year before James and John were brought for trial here. But there's another building next to it, which is where Newgate, the prison, was. That's where James and John were brought before their trial. And just across the road, it's interesting, in this city of London, which has been the square mile of the city of London, has many aspects of it have been completely the same for hundreds and hundreds of years, even though behind me there's beautiful office building that I'm sure was built in the last 10 years and down the road there are lots of office buildings for lawyers and um, bankers and uh, city types with great big glass fronted windows but just across the road is a building that was there when James and John were brought for trial and for execution it's known as Saint Sepulchre Saint Sepulchre without Newgate in other words outside Newgate and in there they have a handbell that would be tolled at midnight the night before any execution from at Newgate. Um, and people would be reminded of their sinfulness. That was the whole point of it, was to wake up the prisoners who were about to be condemned to death the next day. And then, during the execution, the bell of St. Sepulchre would ring, toll again and again and again until those who were being hanged were dead. I can actually hear in the background the bells of St Paul's. They're, they're ringing a much more lively tune on a Sunday morning um, than James and John would have heard from St Sepulchre. And the other thing that's interesting about this little chunk of London is that only 150 yards away, where the red bus that's just gone past me and the black taxi that's just gone past me is going to drive over, is what's known as Hoban Viaduct today. That was built after James and John, but it's there that James Pratt came on the 29th of August, 1835, to have two pints of half and half uh, with his friend Fanny Conan at Swan Yard Inn. And after that, he met up with John Smith. And that's what led to the events that led to their being arrested and their being sentenced at the Central Criminal Court here at the Old Bailey. We are very fortunate that we have any details of what happened to James and John because at the time, the court shorthand writers were told categorically not to publish, not to print, not to write down salacious details of any offence that might lead other people somehow or other to adopt or promote homosexuality. And newspapers used to row about whether to tell the story at all because they thought if they told the story, they might be promoting it. 
which might, for some people, remind people of uh, Section 28, which was introduced by Mrs. Thatcher and Michael Howard, which sought to prevent the promotion of homosexuality in schools, as if it is something you could promote. So it's fascinating that at this particular time, it's like there was a degree of moral panic in the country. In one sense, that had pushed people like William Wilberforce to say that the slave trade was immoral and drove them for moral reasons to abolish the slave trade. But at the same time, it meant that they believed in the suppression of vice. And at the beginning of every court sessions, the judge had to read out a proclamation for the suppression of vice. And of course, right at the top of the list of vices was anything involving sex between men. Sometimes if you look at the history books, it feels as if there were lots of homosexuals at the beginning of the 18th century because we know about molly houses, uh, which were sort of pubs where men could go to dance together or sleep together or even have pretend marriages together. We know all about that because it appeared in the newspapers and in the court records. Uh, And then, of course, we know all about Oscar Wilde at the end of the 19th century. But sometimes it feels as if homosexuality completely disappeared for the best part of 120, 130 years. And this story of James and John comes slap bang in the middle of that. But actually, if you look carefully, as I have done in the book, you'll find quite a lot of instances. There are pubs um, which sometimes get raided when there's a very uh, zealous local police officer or there's a very zealous... A local magistrate like Sir Richard Burney, a Scot who was determined to get rid of um, all this untoward behaviour in the pubs around the Strand. Uh, On one occasion, large numbers of men were arrested um, as part of what was known as the Via Street uh, Coterie. Uh, Seven of them ended up being sent to the pillory. And that was an absolutely vile process. So they were carried in a carriage to a place where they were placed in the stocks and hundreds of people gathered to throw anything they could find at them. Eggs, carrots, rotting um, tomatoes, uh, dead cats, ordure, the horse droppings, anything they could, until basically the men themselves were almost senseless and covered in uh, vile, stinking material. So any young gay man growing up thinking... Um, I'm not as other men are, would have been terrified about ever being caught. But there were places you could go. The Royal Exchange, for instance, was a beautiful building. It had lots of little porticos and niches where men could gather in in the parlance of the day to feel one another's yards. Um, And uh, then there were the parks. There were stories of guardsmen offering themselves for sale in St. James's Park and Hyde Park. Uh, At one point, the police tried to uh, catch lots of these men and the courts simply refused to um, imprison them. So there were opportunities for men to have sex with men, but there was always the risk that if you got caught, you could either be sent to the pillory or you could be sent to your death. Hensley Wedgwood committed James, John and William for trial, which would be at the Old Bailey, the central criminal court, which covered the whole of London, Middlesex and parts of 
Surrey, Essex and Kent. That would be a few days hence. But first of all, they had to go to Horsemonger Lane Jail, which was south of the river, not far from Union Hall Magistrate's office. And there they were for a few weeks awaiting being sent to Newgate. It was itself quite a grim place. And this would be where Elizabeth, that's James Pratt's wife, first heard of what had happened to James. And it's difficult to imagine what it could have been like for her turning up, um, talking to her husband through a grill and him having to explain what he was being charged with. But Horsemonger Lane also saw a significant number of executions. And in fact, some of the most recent executions, um, which were conducted on the roof of the entrance gate, had been uh, for people convicted of sodomy. But then James, John and William, along with other prisoners from Surrey, were conducted to Newgate, Newgate fashion, that is to say, two by two, handcuffed together, and they would have been jeered at and shouted at by people in the street watching them all the way through to Newgate. Arriving in Newgate, it would have been grim. The main door was so low that even shorter people like James and John, who were uh, barely over five foot one, five foot three, would have struggled um, to get in because the door was only four foot six high. Um, it was a place that stank. It was renowned as the place where executions took place and where the grimmest of grim criminals were guarded and looked after. And they had to wait for trial. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Newgate Jail sat immediately next to the Central Criminal Court, and there was a, a very narrow passageway from the one to the other. It was known as Birdcage Walk, which would have been an irony for James and John and William because there was another Birdcage Walk, which was well known as a place for gay men to cruise and meet other men in St. James's Park. But this was different. It had. It was known as Birdcage Walk because it had a lattice grill over the top so that nobody could escape. And the flagstones on which they walked 
had beneath them the buried corpses of murderers and other criminals who'd been executed at Newgate. And there were initials carved into the walls of those who'd been buried there. Every day that week, some of the prisoners would be taken from Newgate through Birdcage Walk to await trial underneath the courtroom in the Old Bailey. And trials were completely different from anything that we would expect today. The average trial around this time took eight minutes. And some magistrates would claim, or judges would claim, that they could get through even more every hour if they really applied themselves to it. There was often a large lunch with wine and a dinner to attend for the judges. And often those kind of ceremonial aspects seemed more important to the judges than anything that we would consider to be a fair trial. You weren't entitled to a lawyer to defend you. And even if you were able to afford to pay for a lawyer, as James, John and William would not have been able to do so, even if you had a lawyer to to argue your case, they could not make the argument themselves. The only person who could make that argument was you. And quite differently from today, when there's a prosecuting counsel and there's a defence counsel, and the judge is there as an independent arbiter, in this period, the judge effectively led the prosecution. So when James and John were finally brought up from the basement up into the dock, um, into this glorious room, probably a richer room than they'd ever seen at any point in their life, with wealthy uh, lawyers at one end of the room, members of the City of London Corporation in their glorious robes, including the Lord Mayor and the Judge Baron Gurney um, in his robes, with a great big sword of justice behind him. They must have been genuinely terrified. They would have had no idea what the process was. They wouldn't have known what to do. They wouldn't have known when they were allowed to say anything. And if they did have a chance to say anything, what what would make any difference? The one thing that they must have always hoped was that John and Jane Berkshire would not turn up and present their case as the lead prosecutors. But Jane and John did, and they were the first to turn up. And they told the story of how first John had climbed into the the stable roof and knocked aside a tile to look into the William Burnell's room through the window and saw the two men sitting on each other's lap. Um, and then how he had gone back down to have tea and how Jane Berkshire had gone upstairs to peek through the keyhole and saw James and John having sex on the floor. And, and then ran downstairs to tell her husband and how John Berkshire came back upstairs and also peered through the, um, the, through the keyhole and saw the same and then burst open the door. But there was no defence lawyer to ask difficult questions of the prosecuting case. And even though the judge asked questions that made clear that Jane Berkshire had seen uh, the two men's erect penises and had seen them in motion... Nonetheless, there was nobody to question whether that really meant that there had been penetration and ejaculation as was required under the law.
There was one lawyer who asked a couple of questions which seemed to suggest that it was a bit improper for a woman to be staring through a keyhole to look into the room and then asked another question of John Berkshire saying, but if the door wasn't locked, why did you need to burst it open? And wouldn't that suggest that maybe they weren't actually up to something as you suggested? But the judge dismissed those arguments. And then we moved on to uh, the police officer, Robert Valentine, who not only said that um, how he'd arrested the two men and um, what had happened at that point, but he also said that he'd seen some glutinous material on the back of one of their shirts and on the front of another shirt. It is an insinuation that this was semen and that therefore there had been penetration and ejaculation. It's not the kind of evidence that would stand up in court, in a a modern court of law, of course, but it was sufficient uh, for the time. One of the interesting aspects of the witnesses who came forward was that all of them were friends who'd come forward on behalf of James Pratt. Nobody came forward on behalf of John Smith. And I'm, I'm certain that that's because James's wife, Elizabeth, had been absolutely assiduous in getting anybody she possibly could to come and argue for James's life. And it's a sign of that beautiful relationship between the two of them that she sat in the courtroom and watched what transpired. She wouldn't have been allowed to give evidence herself, um, but she got some of her friends uh, to give evidence on behalf of James and John. Of course, this didn't carry the weight of getting a bishop or an earl or the Duke of Wellington along, as had happened in 1833 for the two MPs. Uh, But you might have hoped that such character witnesses would have made a difference in this case. Unfortunately, the jury didn't even bother to retire and they made their decision in but moments that all three men were guilty. James and John of the felony, that is to say the capital offence of sodomy, and William Burnell was guilty of being an accessory and enabling them to engage in sodomy and therefore was guilty of a misdemeanour. The the last of the witnesses uh, on James and John's behalf were Susan Turner and Mary Orchard, both of whom had lived at 27 Giffen Street with the Pratt family. Uh, And Susan had actually known them for 10 years and was lodging with them when James was arrested. Uh, The two families were indeed so close that Elizabeth Pratt tended to her when she was in labour with her daughter in 1830. And Susan's husband, a tailor, she said, slept with James. This phrase obviously prompted another question, probably from the lawyer who was asking some questions which seemed to help James and John. He said, His sleeping with your husband, I suppose, was for convenience during your confinement, he asked. Yes, she replied, I had but one room. This was obviously important because otherwise it sounded as if um, James Pratt had been sleeping with other men as well. One of the things that I realised in writing this book is that it takes a whole country to hang a man. You've got not just to have a judge who wants to get the case dealt with as swiftly as possible and isn't really interested in the evidence at all, not just a criminal justice system that has the death penalty for such offences, not just a political system that keeps the death penalty for this 
even though it's abandoned the death penalty for lots of other crimes. Um, not just uh, uh, a series of people who are prepared to bring prosecutions, the individuals like the police officers and, and, the, and John and Jane Berkshire, but you've also got to have a public who want a hanging and will turn up in their thousands to see a public hanging. And my suspicion is that a lot of the criminal justice system in these court cases just didn't value these two men's life a jot. It was irrelevant to them. These were just two working-class men, servants, dispensable, completely dispensable. And we know, incidentally, that the judge himself, in several other cases, on one occasion, he was supposedly defending a group of men who'd been arrested for uh, engaging in gay sex in in a pub. And he basically turned on them and said that that they should face the full force of the law. So this wasn't an impartial system in, in, in any sense at all. By the time you'd got to the courtroom, unless you had really serious, significant society figures to stand your corner, you didn't stand a chance. You might think that the trial would be the end of the story for James and John and William, but it wasn't. There was plenty more story to come, and that's what we'll be exploring in episode three. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E. D-E-R-M dot com.